Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Today I am excited to be sharing with you Pastor Kristen's sermon as she continues our series, Seeking from a Sanctified Art. Uh, she challenges us to explore the ways in which our world is filled with dry bones and how we too might be part of providing hope, that God's spirit of hope uh, in those dry bone places. Check out the sermon here. Good morning. My name is Floyd Green. And today's scripture on this, this fifth Sunday of Lent. And in our series, Seeking Honest Questions for Deeper Faith, comes from Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 1 through 14. The hand of God came upon me and brought me out by the Spirit and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. God led me all around them, and there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. God said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then God said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of God. Thus says God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am God. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked. And there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as was commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then God said to me, 
mortal. These bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says our Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am God when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I have spoken and will act, says God. Holy words for God's people. It's so good to be with you. Thank you, choir. It's beautiful. Um, my name is Joe. I get to serve as lead pastor here. And I'm so just grateful to be in worship with all of you, online or on site. It's a joy to be together. Uh, this week, uh, I had a couple meetings off-site, and uh, I got early. I was there early to one of the coffee shops uh, on Capitol Hill uh, that I was supposed to meet somebody at. And, you know, like, I, I knew that I didn't have enough time to uh, have, like, a coffee by myself before having to order another coffee again. Like, that's too much, and I wanted to be present for this meeting. Um, and so I went up to the counter, and I said to them, hey, look, like, I'm waiting for my friend. Uh, they're going to show up in about 10, 15 minutes, but I don't want to order twice. Can I just hang out for a while? I said, yeah, of course. You know, 10 minutes later, they came by and said, are you sure your friend's coming? And I said, no, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was great because as they were joking and laughing about that, they also brought me a cup of water. And they said, hey, is there anything else we can get you? And there was this moment where I knew that I wasn't intruding on their space. I knew that it was okay for me to be there. Yeah, that was a good feeling. And I want to name that I hope that that's how we approach our time together as church, whether we come to worship online or on site or throughout the week in our different ministry groups or different committee meetings or different opportunities to connect. I hope that the feeling that we give off as a community is one of it is good and okay for you to be here. I hope that that's how you feel this morning that it is good and okay for you to be here. That's our commitment, that as we worship together, as we gather together, that you, for exactly who God created you to be, you are welcome and you belong. And we want to name that there are places in our world and society where that's not true for everyone, where people are pushed out and kept out, where people are oppressed and marginalized. If that has been your experience here at church or in any church or any places of worship, first, we're sorry. And second, you are welcome here. You belong. For us, that means if you are gay or lesbian, transgender, bisexual, questioning, know that you are welcome. Know that you belong. If you're black or brown or indigenous, if you've been discriminated against because of the color of your skin, know that you are welcome. Know that you belong. If you find yourself single or divorced or partnered or separated or homeless, or houseless, or in the lower economic brackets of our community, know that you are welcome, know that you belong. 
with all of your unique gifts and abilities, created to be bearers of Christ's image to all the world, know that you are welcome, know that you belong. Amen? Amen. Uh, this, uh, we announced it this week, but uh, I want you to remind, I want to remind you uh, that we have launched the registrations for community groups. Uh, those are happening between Easter and Pentecost. We're doing this intentional effort to connect so that we can continue to share that feeling of welcome and belonging. We have 16 different times offered, y'all. That's a whole bunch of thank yous to our, our leaders who have said yes. And also, let's fill those groups. And let's find new ways of connecting. And also, uh, you've heard from him this morning already, but I want to introduce uh, our, uh, one of our seminary interns, uh, Brian Fu. He is from Seattle Pacific Seminary. Uh, he'll be with us from uh, now until September. And so he'll be working with us. Um, I hope you all get a chance to meet him and get to hear his story. Yeah! All right. And we're looking forward for ways that he can connect with you as well. Uh, we're excited Pastor Kristen's going to be bringing the word, and so let's uh, pray as we prepare to hear what God has in store for us. Holy God, we give you thanks for all the ways in which you connect us, and the ways you gather us, and the ways you prepare us for all that you have in store. So speak through Pastor Kristen, take the words that she has prepared, transform them, and allow them to speak into us that we too might be transformed. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Dry bones. The vision in the scripture is so vivid. I, I, I think of this landscape like an old western movie. Brown and dusty ground, swirling tumbleweeds and hot sun. It's in a valley, so there's probably some green shrubs and some cactus, some rock, rock cliffs and geological formations, and you you look around and you see rocks everywhere and then you realize they're bones and it's quiet it's so quiet you can't even feel or hear a breeze these bones are dry stripped of flesh and sinew death quiet hopelessness parched everywhere you look. In December 2007, historic rainfalls, subsequent log jams, and dams breaking caused a flood of historic proportions in and around Chehalis and Centralia, Washington. I-5 was covered in 14 feet of water. Semi-trucks were submerged over 30,000 people and thousands of dairy cows, sheep, horses, and pets found themselves distressed and wandering. In January 2010, a massive 7.0 earthquake struck Haiti, causing significant damage to most of the capital Port-au-Prince and much of the country, compounded by poverty and poor housing conditions, over three million people were afflicted and there were over a hundred thousand deaths. Houses and businesses, churches and stores and roads disappeared and people too. 
It was reported that after the quake, there was no silence. Cries and screams were heard everywhere. The Surrey River that crosses Canada and into the United States reached record levels and flooded in June of 2011, topping levees, fully breaching the dike, and causing over 12,000 people around Minot, North Dakota, to evacuate, leaving over 4,000 buildings damaged, including the downtown and the oldest, most dense part of the area, with most of the affordable housing. In November 2013, Super Typhoon Haiyan, or known locally as Yolanda, one of the most powerful tropical cyclones ever recorded, was slamming into the Philippines. The remains of that storm were catastrophic. The loss of life and livelihoods mounted, especially in agriculture and fishing. More than six million people were homeless or displaced, and there was an influx of 20,000 refugees to Manila. Lost hope. Cut off completely. Dry bones by the millions. There are also individual dry bones. Grief, loss, divorce, loss of friendship. Loss of employment, depleted energy, burnout, turned backs, sorrow, desolation, shadowed faith, dry bones. The vision of the prophet Ezekiel spoke to the despair of the exiled Israelites. Ezekiel was both a prophet and a priest. And the book spans the 20 years of his priesthood. It reads like the dreariest, meanest, heartrending breakup you can imagine. His words are both prophetic and instructional, trying to explain the exile of the people and then to convey the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem and the house of the people of Israel. Much of the book is expressions of how angry God is. God is full of wrath, furious with the abominations of God's rebellious people. Keep in mind, these are people who held the belief that God caused the suffering. God sent them away. God punished. Not how we might look at it today that People caused their own suffering by turning their backs on God. What Ezekiel had been hearing from God is that the people have deserved their exile and separateness by their excruciatingly wanton, and wanton behavior and disgraceful acts. And by not observing the ordinance of God. How could those dry bones ever be reconciled? To one another, let alone to God. For us today, we see sadness and lifelessness in many instances in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. Where do you see dry bones? In your own life? In those around you? Under I 5? In our schools? in our churches, 
in our faith, our relationship with God. When we look closely at the words and the emphasis in the prophet's words, notice that at this point, they're no longer blaming the bones. There was plenty of that earlier in the book, trust me, but now God is ready to restore the people. Dry bones are worth breathing life into. This day in this vision, the prophet doesn't question the value of the bones or the people to whom they belonged. The prophet doesn't argue with God that if the bones are dry, they should probably stay that way and that they deserved it. At this point, God is saying, I am here and I can bring life. Mortal, tell them. Dry bones need a bit of sinew, a bit of flesh, and an infusion of breath to come back to life. It's easy to doubt, to be hopeless. Bones seem so final. Grief and sorrow seem final. But we are people of faith, my friends. God does provide the sinews and the flesh and the breath. I was with an intergenerational team from our church in August of 2007. We went to Chehalis to work with the people of Adna in over 100 degree weather to work alongside homeowners still picking up the literal pieces of their lives from the December flood. We went to bring refreshed energy and arms and hands and strong backs. I watched the youth talk with the homeowner and observed them listening to the stories. Then I watched the youth pick through the rubble to find treasures thought lost. An heirloom plate returned to the homeowner. This book, This Flood Happened, is the stories of the children in and around Adna. And a kindergartner, a kindergarten teacher wrote this. The next day I went over to the high school to see if I could help. And looking at the shocked and tear-stained faces knew disasters could happen anywhere. Shock and tears gave way to hope when hundreds of people came to help. Money and supplies came in abundance. Rebuilding is occurring and people's lives are slowly getting back to normal. Nature will also survive and regrow. I am thankful no one was lost during this tragedy and thankful for all of the good people willing to help. I was in Haiti a year after the 2010 earthquake. In April of 2011, the country still reeling with poverty, still present and, and people, most people had moved into their home villages, creating stress in those small towns up the mountains, which were now bursting at the seams into the hills. We were there to work alongside the United Methodist Church there locally in a small town called Arkei to create more space and structure for the relocated and incoming population. Since that time, Haiti has suffered more hurricanes, political upheaval, cholera, tropical storms, and another 7.2 magnitude earthquake in 2021. It is hard to see hope in some places. The United Methodist Committee on Relief, UMCOR, 
is there in force working with the local United Methodist churches to strengthen communities, water supplies, and construction methods for these ongoing threats. A longtime partner and friend in the work of UMCOR, Lorna Jost, told me this. There is a strong sense of faith in the country. Many still trust that God will prevail. The folks I know have come through countless miseries and are the ones most willing to share and care for their neighbors. Grace Children's Hospital in Port-au-Prince still carries on its mission despite all the odds and needs our donations. Paul Farmer's Hospital on the north half of Haiti also carries on giving hope and help. In August of 2011, I was part of the early response team that traveled to Minot, North Dakota to assist with damage control from the flood of that Surrey River. Street after street was crowded with piles of personal belongings and home pieces. This pile for recycle, this pile for landfill, this pile for appliances and hazardous waste. Neighborhoods were moist shells of homes. Exhausted families sorting through the mud, tossing keepsakes and memories. I worked alongside a man, the homeowner, and his son. Some of many who were strengthened by the hope of this community and by the volunteers that showed up to help. Just last year, after completion of a major flood control project, the mayor, Sean Sitma of Minot, said this, We coined the phrase resilient together. On the 10-year anniversary, and if we look across the street and into the neighborhoods and down 4th Avenue, there's been a tremendous amount of resiliency within this community. I was in Manila, Philippines during the typhoon. Along with the UMCOR leaders as they planned and implemented their strategies for the relief efforts. Five years later, here's what one teenager had to say. I'm now a grade 12 student, and Tak Loban hasn't just recovered. We've stood up, and we're running in this life's race again. We went through devastation, yes, but we were never alone in recovering from it. For us, it meant so much. It meant like the world was telling us that we were not alone. For us, it was hope. That is why every Tak Loban's heart is hope, because the world has lit up that hope in all of us. In each case, we were just people volunteering, trying to help. That was the sinews and the flesh. But it was more than that. There was an infusion of life-transforming breath. In each recovery, the hope came from the awe and wonder of the people coming together. It was never only about the heavier skilled labor. It was companionship. It was partnership. It was community. That breath is the Holy Spirit. The imminence of God. Revival comes when God is with us. People working together, not just for their own glorification, but because they see in the eyes of those suffering an image of God. Person to person, each one made in the image of God. Work together to bring hope into the situation in order to meet with God. 
that is when dry bones come to life. At any given time, we might be the person needing the hope, the one with the dry bones. We can be the volunteer or we can be the bystander, but resurrection is coming. We'll have opportunities in the next few months to work with the North Shore Senior Center, Maltby Food Bank, Maltby Food Bank Camp United We Stand, our local schools, and even the Orca Whales. Together, not just our feet and hands, but our sense of community and our desire to be together, all of our abilities, even if you don't know what those are, I want to encourage you to show up. Be community. Trust that God has a place for you and your abilities in every situation. This is about answering a call to hope. See the hope in each other and bring the peace of Christ into the world. Let's see what happens. In addition, we've been asked, hey, does Bothell United Methodist Church have 10 people that can help a, home, a homeowner age in place show up to do some minor maintenance and repair? Habitat for Humanity provides the knowledge and the skill, and the volunteers show up to help. I don't know if we can say yes yet. I need to know. Can we find 10 people in our congregation that can do this work? Let me know. Next week is Palm Sunday, when we joyously celebrate the arrival of Jesus, an unannounced challenge to misplaced power. And then the following week is Easter. But we would make a mistake to rush to that Easter celebration. Easter doesn't happen without first going through a valley of death, desolation, grief, and sorrow. But we do go through that valley. We do become dry bones. And after that, resurrection comes. God is here, wanting to breathe life into the dry bones of our world. Mortals, let it be known. Amen. All right, so that was uh, the latest sermon in this series as we draw closer to Easter. Next week, we already enter into Palm Sunday where we'll see Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and how that find meaning in our lives today. Uh, remember that we do have community groups going on, and so we want to invite you uh, wherever you are to join in on this fun and exciting way of connecting with one another. All the information is on our website, so go to bothelumc.org and get the information there. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon.